Welcome to Encounter. This is a podcast and radio show where we seek to encounter Christ, culture, and community. This is part two of our Holy Spirit study. Our first one was on the Old Testament Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, who he is, what he did. And in this week's episode, we are looking at the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. So we are somewhere situated between Acts 2 and the Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost and the Old Testament Holy Spirit and the Old Covenant. So we are going to be looking at what Jesus said the Holy Spirit's role would be. Um, or will be when it comes at Pentecost. We're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit through a systematic lens. And and what that means is we use an analogy throughout this over and over and over again, which has really boosted my understanding of the Bible and the Holy Spirit as a whole. And so look for this analogy because uh, since I've listened to a few sermons since, and since I've been doing some studying since, this analogy keeps coming back and increasing my understanding of the Holy Spirit and God. So check that out as this episode proceeds. We are praying for you guys, and we hope that this not only enriches your understanding of God, but your love for God and your devotion to Him. Um, Not only are you hearers, but are you doers, as James says. So as this episode continues and as we go through the rest of this study, please continue to pray for us and pray for this ministry, and let us know that you are being blessed by what you're doing so we can continue in the correct avenues as we pray by the Holy Spirit to be a blessing. Have a great week. GPT just sold um, a license to turnitin.com, which is the number oh, one plagiarism to, detector. To detect it, um, yeah. And, um, yeah, we're live. And, um, oh, are we? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the, 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 um, so right now, as of, as of, you know, a week ago, we could, we could submit um, essays to them and they would tell us whether or not ChatGPT. So ChatGPT, I don't know how, because everything that it makes is original. That's why I don't know how they're cross-referencing unless as soon as it's made, they then take that thing and log it would turn it in. Yeah. But like for me, I only do my essays through there. I have the kids always turn it in there on turn it in like three times a year. But now every worksheet, every like little short writing, it all has to be put on there. So So we're going to be back to handwriting. Does it flag it as like, oh, this was written by? It tells you where. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the top right on turn it in, it'll tell you like where the quotes are from. And then, like I've had, I had uh, one kid turn in an essay from buyanessay.com and it was 99%. And the thing that was different was they changed it to what I knew their topic was supposed to be. And it was like drunk driving. And then the rest of it was like pro-abortion. I got underneath it. Um, so they just changed the, the title, hoping I was one of those teachers that didn't read the essay. You know, and I read it. It was a wow. beautiful essay. And I was like, there's no chance. Um, so Turnitin does a really good job. Actually, sources everything on the right side. That's ballsy, though. Like to just like change it and like. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that specific company then sells the rights to that essay to Turnitin. So they black. They kind of like they get play both. both sides. So if you do it, they get twenty bucks an essay. If you pay ten, you get twenty. And the crazy part is that that website you can like buy the grade. So you can buy a C level essay if you're a C level student. You know. And so this is just going to go back to a privilege versus non privilege, like. 
I guess yeah. On chat, if you, well, if you got on, money to pay for well, it, you know that I mean? was it. But now in ChatGPT, you can put make them put in grammatical errors. So you can say, write this as if I were a ninth grader who struggles with English. And <laughs> oh my that, gosh! And then it puts it in there. Oh, that is crazy. And, and pull in quotes from chapter three of Great Expectations, and it'll pull in quotes from it. And right now, as far as I remember, ChatGPT three is free for like the higher level one that has that can do like video and audio and like other stuff. That's paid for. But that just shows the disparity of, like, knowledge and everything and, and yeah. the tool that you How have to, How like, quickly it jumps to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they're like, yeah, we got to make money from this, right? Yeah. All right, so now that we're three minutes in, let's pray. <laughs> okay. Uh, Father, we come before you today. We are um, excited to talk about you and um, the Holy Spirit and uh, what that means uh, as uh, your role um, and your characteristics are um, constant and um, loving and compassionate. And when we look at you and your role from the Old and the New Testament, God, just bring clarity to that um, so that we can know and understand you more. And when we pray, God, fill this room with your spirit. What does that mean? Um, who, um, God, just bring clarity. Uh, so give us a stronger understanding of, of how we can um, sing and praise uh, all three parts of the Godhead tonight. Um, amen. So uh, last week we... Um, basically had an exhaustive, complete study of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Just yep. kidding. Um, but we did do uh, the best we could for an overview in one episode. And I think we highlighted some important mm-hmm. parts of it. And um, so we'll do a quick recap of that in a moment. Um, but first, I just want to preface again, since we do um, have a few different types of studies that we do on this podcast, um, we are not, the goal is not to increase the amount of people to listen. The goal is to increase um, how well our listeners know God. Um, so while we're, we do, we love it when people tune in and we love, you know, we would love for our audience to continue to grow like it has been. Um, but um, we are, are pursuing things through the Holy Spirit. So we, we could easily do another episode on, you know, um, a political topic or something that has to do with, you know, we could have easily just put like tongues question mark. No, you know, like some kind of like um, some clickbaity topic. But mm-hmm. we we want to know the Holy Spirit, and so when we're going through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, this is what this podcast is: it's to talk to people and and hear um, God's work in them in their specific area. It's to study systematic things throughout the Bible, um, and right now we're doing that through the Holy Spirit. We've done studies through John, um, and so just to set the scene for this, this is like us pursuing God and, and um, encountering Him. So as we w- walk through, we're not claiming to have all the answers. We're not claiming to be um, the, the final say. The Word is the final say, and we are just trying to do our best to put pieces together um, so that you can do so in the same manner. So I know a lot of people that listen to podcasts, including me, listen while you drive or listen in places where you don't have a pen and paper, but really try to take note of like the references we're saying. So if we're, we're mentioning a, a scripture that we don't necessarily read every time, um, make a point to come back to that and, and read the Bible and let it teach you. Don't let Joe Cole and Adam teach you because we will fail you um, eventually if we haven't already in some small way. So uh, that's just wanted to set that as a precursor for our episode. We are excited to go through it, but this is not a replacement for your own study. This is an aid to know God more. Um, yeah, and you can come to a whole different conclusion. Yeah. Um, and be wrong, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's very, very smart people that truly know Jesus, not just these, not people that don't try to actually know the word, 
but they're very, very smart, intelligent scholars, theologians that study for their whole lives and, and think differently on things that I do mm-hmm. and yeah. we do, you know. Um, so, but I think tonight it will be pretty straightforward. I, I don't think I, we want to focus on the, the unifying parts of the Holy Spirit because that is its job. Um, so, Joe, do you want to do a quick recap of last week's for uh, the Old Testament Holy Spirit? Yeah. Oh, um, so, I think I, from what I remember, we just went over the several roles that the Holy Spirit had in, in the Old Testament, which is um, the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, creates and gives life. So, we see that in Genesis where the Holy Spirit hovered over creation and God's breath or ruach or spirit gave animation um and life to his creation so he breathed into the nostrils of Mm. adam um which just means which is hebrew for human um then you know as the accounts unfold the the holy spirit empowers people for a specific task so i think technically the first one is joseph but the first one that you actually see where it says like the holy spirit filled this person was bezalel yeah and that's where he gets the instruction and the empowerment to build the tabernacle and then teach people for like uh, I don't, carpentry. I don't know what you call that, but like masonry, whatever ma- they would be using. Whatever, yeah, uh, fabric. I don't know <laughs> to, to build the tabernacle. <laughs> and he, you know, so you know he, he's empowered to build uh, to build the tabernacle, which is a good first thing to look to. You know the principle <coughs> of first mention. You mm-hmm. look at it and it's like that becomes our job. To spiritually now build up God's messianic temple, where mm-hmm. Jesus is the cornerstone, and we're all living stones. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of have the same task as Bezalel. Mm-hmm. Um, you also see it in like Balaam; he was empowered to bless Israel. Um, you see it throughout Judges, like Samson and Gideon, um, for victories. You know, going out in war and 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 and, and taking Canaan for, for lack of better terms, um, and winning victories. Um, then you see the Holy Spirit give the office of prophecy. Um, to the prophets, to the prophets, yes. Nice. Um, so all the all the prophets either claimed to have been spirit led, or future prophets would look back and say that that person was spirit led. So like Moses never says that he was spirit led, but uh, I think like Nehemiah or references back that mm. Moses' spirit was spirit led. Hebrews, you know, like mm. um, the Holy Spirit's job was uh, to convict, and that's pretty much. Uh, just the whole all of Psalms, like you see that constantly in Psalms, David pleading not to have the Spirit leave him and and to, for to convict him into righteousness and mm-hmm. through Proverbs, like the the right way of living and you know uh, the Holy Spirit's job was anticipated the Messiah. That was a lot through prophecy, but also the Psalms, also just through other things, through themes throughout the Old Testament, through narratives throughout the Old Testament. Like the Holy Spirit is anticipating the Messiah. That's if pretty much all of Isaiah. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit is promised to be poured out. And that's the one that we kind of, I think we ended yeah, last episode Ezekiel, with. Ezekiel, Jeremiah, yeah. and Joel too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's more, but those are, those are your main, like mm-hmm. Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Joel. The pouring out of the Holy Spirit, where where the difference will be now, it's not certain people being given gifts. It's now it's, every, it's like everyone's got gifts. Everyone's mm-hmm. got these gifts, talents, and abilities that, that the Spirit is giving them and empowering them to all be little be- Bezalels now. Mm. Um, so that's the Holy Spirit's main working throughout the whole Old Testament. It's doing all those things. As it's clarified by the Old Testament. So uh, Correct, yeah. So, so like we talked about last week, how at the end, so a lot of the, the things and the, the purposes and roles of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament 
exist and were in practice the ministries, but they were not clarified and defined until the New Testament. Right. So we believe that he sealed. We believe that he, you know, um, called, um, convicts, like all, a lot of the things that he does in the the New Testament as we see it defined by um, further revelation of the Scripture. Then we can now re- kind of look back into. Um, the Old Testament, but I've said the main from the main differences from old to new are the indwelling was temporary and specific, mm-hmm. as opposed to the New Testament, which is permanent and, and not everybody and not everybody. Right. Um, the New Testament is un- universally well if, with if faith, you're, yeah, with faith, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and also that the indwelling was not as a as a, a sign of salvation in the Old Testament as it is in the New. Would that be the main difference that you, we could clarify? I mean, we're going to obviously talk all this in detail, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't really. The main one. So I believe that it regenerated, sealed. Yeah, I don't really think there's that big of a difference. Yeah. Except for. I mean, that is a giant difference. Yeah. The one we just mentioned. The, Which one? The in, indwelling and permanence. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, and well, yeah that. that's what I'm saying. So it that was that just like. A, that, but like. What I'm saying is not as drastic as him not working in the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just didn't want to make it sound like downplaying that. But if there's like 10 things, there's just one that's different. And and that one is a big deal. But the other one, that was like the, that was the the age. That was the age they've all been waiting for. That was the deal. Yeah. The covenant starting. Right. So they, yeah. I mean, so that, that, it does help though if you're trying to read the Bible and understand Mm -hmm. um, and just be like, okay, so is this that one difference? And its implications, or is it, or is it not? And then it mm-hmm. kind of simplifies your studying. Right. All right. So I think, and what Joe does a great job because, for the record, just so it doesn't look like Cole and I are ever taking credit, Joe, Joe does a lot of background, a lot of research for this. He, he hates giving shoutouts, um, but like, um, what he doesn't has an, uh, he has a good brain for like holistically looking at the Bible and looking for patterns, and a lot of it, you know, we, we studied together, and you know, um, but with. Something like we were talking last week before we started the episode, Joe. You were talking about how like the the Holy Spirit creates um, at the beginning of the the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a superintending creation. Yeah. It's creating, and that not, that is a is a first mention, like you said. But yeah. then throughout the Bible, you're going to see that again and again as its role. Yes. And then so you see like a lot of these first things, like empowering for a task. Yes. And then that's going to be repeated again in the mm-hmm. new testament mm-hmm. and you see these patterns and i think you have your brain like works well with that way of thinking with like noticing patterns and and my brain's starting to get there with like when i'm reading and seeing them more clearly yeah. but a lot of the people you read and study do that yeah yeah so, so that's that's where um so a lot of the stuff tonight you know we uh mm-hmm. pointing out the patterns mm-hmm. yeah. right and mm-hmm. pointing out the holy spirit so it doesn't seem like any part of the bible is disjointed from another Correct. It's yeah. also beautifully woven together. Uh, correct. Yeah. And so one, I heard just I heard somebody put this as an example, an analogy of like pretty much what scripture is doing from beginning to end, and and it makes so much it made so much sense, and I was like, wow, like that, what? And I, it's not like anything. This is gonna, this isn't anything like when I reinventing the wheel here. It was just like the way he this guy put it. So he said, remember those? I don't even remember what they're called, um, but I used to love them. Remember those things they used to wheel in the classrooms with the. And, and they had that projector? like the projector. They used to, but it had that like, it had like um, they would write with like sharpie on it. Oh yeah, sharp, yeah, but like what is that called? It, I, it's a, uh, it's like a written projector though. It's like yeah. the, it mimics what you write on the. Yeah, screen. it writes it and then it shoots it up on the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you remember when they would have like they would ha- okay? This is just an example. This is what the Bible's doing. Right, follow me. They would have like an outline of all the continents, 
Okay. Okay. And then mm-hmm. it would be the outline of all the con- – they're teaching geography. The outline of all the continents then it'd be projected onto the thing. And then they'd already have another pre-written one that they put right over top of it. And now you see the country's border mm-hmm. lines in there. And then you put another one over top of that, and then you see <coughs> capitals on it. Mm. And then you put another one on top of that, and then you see state lines or pro- uh, provinces. provinces or whatever, you know, depending on the country, like cities. More and more detail. So Roads you get more and yeah. more and more detail that all make it make more and more sense and overlap. And that's pretty much what – yeah, what are those called? Are I think it's literally just yeah. overhead projectors. Oh. Yeah, it's it's an, so it's a slide projector. Slide projector. Okay. Oh, but it's an overhead. Overhead slide projector? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I could have just went ahead and name, but I can't, yeah. I remember when that thing used to wheel on the class. I used to love that. Lights go off. It was a it was math like, thing usually for me. Yeah, like math, they did, yeah. Like math did problems. Math, geography, it's really like a, anything was a lot of like erasing starting over. And mm-hmm. They just wipe it away. What's cool is just as a side note, cause I love that analogy, by the way, uh, but there's a, during the pandemic, there was a teacher in our school that was old school and she loved using those projectors still with all, all technology. And she actually won teacher of the year that year. And she bought like a really expensive one that um, basically just like clamps on your computer and you can still do it, but it does it through like imaging and okay. like all, all this stuff. So it's cool. Okay. Like it came with like a little iPad looking thing you'd write on right. and then it would yeah. look down and take a picture of the iPad and project it. So they still have it. Um, it was like eight hundred cool. bucks, but um, anyway, some some teachers are still old school. And then once in a while, a teacher would have something and spell it like make it look like it would look like something weird, like something inappropriate or something. It'd be like the best day of your life, right? As a as a it was like spell a word that's you know bad or something. They didn't yeah, know yeah, it. Yeah, it was so great. I'm still a child. All right. <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, I like the analogy and the one from last week too with the skyline and the prophecies. Yeah, like they don't, they don't, they see it, they could see it, but they don't know when in the time and manner and, and how it's going to play out or how far things are from another thing or yeah. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, that one was Timaki. Uh, that was Timaki, but that one. That one was? Yeah. Okay. I forget who I was listening to about the other one, um, but the projector. Yeah. But when he said that, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. So, like, you know that in your brain, but like to hear him say it like that is like, yeah, it's like a parable. Kind of, yeah. It's bringing truth to like real simple things. Mm-hmm. So now we should be able to see like the most of the colored map. You know what I mean? With like, oh yeah, yeah. Now we have the whole, the whole thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame that we now, like, with the amount of dominations, we technically have like thirty six hundred maps. You know what I mean? <sighs> now looking back at it, like every denomination has its own map. Dude, I, but I, Mike, I, 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 no, I, I was going to say my my concern is that what I just said would kind of blow so many people's minds. You might have, you might have. However many you said, three thousand different end maps. Like the, I f- sometimes I feel like a lot of people only have the last page, and if it, like they're right in their own last page, but if they don't have the pages from the beginning, or if they don't know that this is like an overlapping and overlapping and overlapping, mm-hmm. then you can make the last page say whatever you want. So they don't even really have maps. They just it, have a correct. Last map. It's like if you're not looking for patterns and themes and motifs to all of scripture, 
then your last he, map might be whatever it wants to be. He would like, just have a page with a bunch of roads with no defining lines. Yeah, exactly. Or Literally, like that's key it. Yeah. points like capitals. Yeah, or you'll anything. have capitals with no country lines there. Yeah, and yeah. It's like okay, this, yeah, and then you, yeah, that's good. That analogy's working still. <laughs> yeah, still it's working. gonna fall apart soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about a globe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I was just going to say a side note on like denominations. I've been studying them a little bit more. I think I should send Joe. You sent me a video, yeah. But there's another one. Uh, say what? Uh, uh, like I, I found another one that's like going even deeper into like how all the denominations broke apart from going like from Judaism and like what branched yeah. off from Judaism and how Judaism broke into different like religions and sects and everything. Mm. And then how you get to Catholicism and uh, Orthodox and Ethos. It's yeah. like and it's so cool. And then how all the churches are branching. Um, <laughs> it's cool to see like looking back and it's cool because sometimes I'll, I'll they'll say oh and this is why they broke apart because this church believed this and these group of people said that's not what the bible said mm-hmm. and some of those things i'm like yeah i agree with them or oh i agree with them and it's like not subscribing to a anyone really any one of them where like all of them had like i don't want to say all of them a lot of them had like real good reasons for mm-hmm. breaking apart from whatever church they were a part of to start their own thing um, and I, okay, so and I think why that's unique to Christianity because if you think about it, right, we're supposed to have the holy. Oh, we're about to get into a whole. Uh, this will be another topic, but this will be another podcast. But uh, the Holy Spirit's job is to unify. Yeah, and we're the only faith with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yet we're the most divided yeah. of all the faiths. Mm. So that yeah. means something. It means what? I feel like you're implying it. It, it just means something. But what, I, what I'm saying, it could mean a lot of things. It could mean culturally we're not, uh, it, begot, it became more and more Western where you can't have an either or. I mean, you can't have a um, both and. It has to be either or. So now we have to make another denomination, um, which is different from them, than Judaism. Now, like, obviously, like Judaism, there's different, you know, there's Hasidic and there's, you know, there's Orthodox and yep. then there's like a re- Reformed, you know, there's different. But it's not, they're not different sects. It's just how you practice it's, it's how much you want to practice the law. Yeah, I think a lot of denom- denom- strictness denominations, though, I think a lot of them are not necessarily theo- theological differences when we say they are. I think a lot of times they're cultural differences. Like if you look in a lot of countries where it's like a homogeneous population, like it, or they're like they're all white or all black or like, you know, you go to like Kenya, yeah. you know, there's like two main sects yeah. of, of yeah. religions. Um, of Christianity, there's like when you were just talking yeah. about, there's like the one who focuses on money too much. Um, and there's there's his, there's prosperity gospel, and then there's there's like two. Yeah, mm-hmm. like America's such a melting pot. Where like in just in, in like our local town, you have like kind of four churches that tend to different cultural identities, and those cultural identities express theologies a little bit differently because of their mm-hmm. cultures. So like, I think it's a lot of ways like. I don't know for sure, but like the Hispanic church, you know, on the other side of town may have the exact same theology, but their worship services look different because their cultures express things differently. Mm. Um, you know, and so I, I think a lot of denominations, it's like, I, I don't know how much of them are actually making theological hard points to make their denomination or they're just worshiping different, you know, and, and it looks, and it comes across that way. Like, no, I think they, maybe it, now it plays out like that, but I think they started with theological differences. I'm saying now. A lot, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of them, now. But yeah, because I think at the end of the day, just people just don't, just now in general, people don't know their Bibles as much to be able to make those theological arguments. Yeah, well, if you but were when it at, started, they were like, no, yeah. I don't want to agree with that, so now yeah. we got to make a whole... Mm-hmm. Like, if you were to look at, the, like, the three churches that I'm thinking of that, that would fall under, um, there's, like, three churches in our local area. One is, like, a little bit more Baptisty, one's a little more Pentecostal, but every single one of those church services look almost identical, you know? But they call themselves different denominations because... Of different theologies. 
kinda, but if you ask the people who lead them, I don't think that it would be that that much different. Um, like I Wait, know different, our church and another church, we have the same theology, but what you're we, saying is not different enough where you could not worship together yes. and be unified together and That's almost call saying. yourselves the same denomination. Yes. Versus where even like in our own church, some people have differing beliefs, and that's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah, but then what happens is if you want to practice those beliefs, it gets squashed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. As long as you got to submit to whatever the pastor's is. Yes. Right. I just I think that the reason why the all like whether you believe and this we're gonna we're getting too far ahead, but like if whether you believe that the gift of tongues can be practiced in a public service or whatever, the the specific way that the Paul writes about how it has to be done, there are so many guidelines that by the time it's done in a church service, that fact that that when it would happen is one in a hundred thousand wouldn't be appropriate, you know, and done with the translator and it's glorifying God and it was better to do that than to but preach. What I'm saying is, not everybody believes that. Well, I, that's okay. But the three churches I'm talking about, like in town, yeah. they call themselves denominations because they adhere to the, that, that chapter of the Bible. Right. All our services look the same. Isn't the, isn't the ultimate disbelief there? If some, if a, if a denomination thinks that, uh, the sign gifts ceased or not. Yeah. That's a big difference. Yeah. But I'm saying it doesn't affect, or it doesn't affect the church gatherings ever in any of those three churches. It only affects personal worship of God, which I don't think a church has a say in that anyway. So I'm just saying that like if between the, the three churches in town that have different technical denominations or doctrinal beliefs, if it's done well with the things that we can be unified on, like how they should be, if, if you know, think yeah, yeah. if you think the gifts are dead and you go to any of those churches, you're going to have the same experience. And if you think that they should be practiced, you're going to any of the three churches and have the same experience because of the, the unifying guidelines that are very clear about the, how Patong should be practiced. I don't know if that's, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, of, maybe of these three in Hamilton. But what yeah, I'm talking about, I'm, like, I'm, like, like, for example, Ali Zito talks about how constantly how different, how, she was like, it was like Harry Potter school, like how different it was. And they yeah, had, yeah, they, yeah. They had, like, I'm sure big, there are some, there are outliers. But it's because they, yeah. But, I mean, the few that I've, I mean, I've, I actually I can't, can't, say Ham, been, can't go by Hamilton. It's not, it's not a good I mean, I haven't been to like hundreds of churches. I've probably been to like a dozen in the past yeah. 10 years. Like when I was at TCNJ, I went to a bunch and I never experienced anyone do, having, speaking in tongues and having a translator. I never have once seen that. And I went to like gospel churches and, you know, mixed churches and Hispanic yeah. churches. And like I never once saw that. And all of them had different denominations slash doctrines, but right. they adhered to the part of the, the word that is clear about having an a, a orderly, I don't mm -hmm. know, I, there are charismatic movements and there's Pentecostal stuff, and I understand yeah, yeah. that. But like churches that are sensible and understand the word, even if they believe that the sign gifts are not dead, they practice the application of that in a very similar way, because that should be a private thing, because Paul makes it clear that preaching is better than tongues. Correct. So I'm saying I, the application of these things looks similar. As long as it, if it's done biblically, yeah, I guess it's until you get outside of the church, outside yeah. of the service, the service, yeah, and you like want to have a Bible study, then it breaks down. Like small yeah. group, okay, maybe yeah. a church service might look the same, but if you guys have small groups, it might look very different. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Like that's that's even. I mean, even then though, like this, if it's a small group and you're not, if you're leading it, that's one thing. But if you're attending it, you still don't fall into the same guidelines you do during a larger church service. It's just a smaller. Church oh, here's service. an here's an example. So we had a we one breakfast. You might have been there. One breakfast club. We had one guy come out and he was from was a Pente <laughs> yeah, from, from <laughs> Pentecostal church and he was out there touching touching people and, and like asking if they had knee pain and asking back pain and he mm -hmm. was out there praying with them. Yeah. Nobody else from our church was doing that mm. because we don't believe in that. 
Mm. We're, we're not saying that we don't believe that, but like we don't necessarily like focus on that. Or the gift of healing. Yeah. That guy came from the church he did. So the doing is going to look very different yeah. than an actual church service. Mm. And that was just one guy. And he was the only one different. And he showed it. Yeah. Like, so I think the doing is will be different than the Sunday. Yeah. I agree. No? No, I no, agree. I'm, th- I'm yeah. thinking it's not the service part of the doing. Well, it's like more of a, that would be like your Sabbath synagogue. Like okay. it's your the learning and teaching. Yeah. Unless it depends on the pastor, how much he wants to get into that and how much he doesn't. Like, And I agree. At, on the, the, at some point, there has to be a divide. You know, there has to be some sort of like, yeah. okay, you think that way, I think this way. I just think on a for a service based, we make it a bigger deal than it is. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, where there are people that won't accept money. Like, there's a, mm-hmm. a local kids camp that won't accept money from somebody whose doctrine says that somebody could possibly speak in tongues. And it's like, yeah. okay, so what does that look like in that church's sanctuary? Like, go to their Sunday and see how how they biblically adhere to the solids of the yeah. you know, and you know. So I, I generally. I think that it would have to, most things happen on a private level that are those sign gifts anyway. Someone walking around asking one other person if they need healing or, you know, or, you know. Yeah, but don't you, I mean, you talk about churches that have like healing, the like children's healings ministries or whatever, like, mm. right? Those exist. Yeah. 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 I, I think they're a minority, but yeah, they exist. And then I think the difference in churches where people might care about is like, is it elder led? Is it not? Is it pastor led? That's a difference between Episcopalian and uh, Presbyterian. That's one. That's a big one. Yeah, I guess I was thinking in like mainstream Christianity, like differences. I, I mainly oh, just thinking just like n- Pentecostal versus like because like, we're talking about the spirit. I was thinking about yeah. that divide. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But like you go, yeah, you go to like Lutheran or you know they're gonna yeah, get, Lutheran Catholic. That was that, a big difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean that literally that that affects the gospel and and some of those yeah. denominations. So I don't really count them. as Denominations. Yeah, and leadership, like the Catholic holding to the Pope or Orthodox holding yeah. to their yeah. their priests, like, oh, they are the authority. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get to our first point yet, so we probably We did not. No. <laughs> um, Sorry. But it's good stuff. <laughs> For, it's a little sidetracked it. All right. So holistic biblical mission, the mission of God. Yeah, so this is, okay, so this is one of those things that, imagine this uh, projector analogy. And then you get the first one is just the mission of God. And then I'll just read the, the main one. So you get the mission of God, and then you get the mission of Israel. And specifically, you get the, the mission of God's servant, who's the anticipated Messiah. And then you, you see Jesus living out the mission of the Messiah. And then you get the mission of the church. And these are all, these all make sense within one another. And then, then this is the, like the one doesn't take away from a few, uh, uh, a latter one doesn't take away from the one before it. It just adds to it. Okay. So it's all still going so, back to God is the mission of God in the beginning. Back to the layers. You're back, just adding yeah, on yeah, more you're layers. You're adding on, but you're not taking away anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, it's getting more and more clear, basically, is what's happening. Um, so mission of God, you know, God is creator from the very beginning. Creation is the opening mission statement of the biblical God. Um, his purpose he creates human beings, and their purpose is to exercise their kingship through servanthood. So they got to toil the land, the dominion over the animals, and they got to serve them. Um, so obviously, everybody knows Genesis. Uh, human beings ruin this 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 mission of God when they choose wrongly. Um, then you have God as Redeemer, and it's like a, this is now like a fresh start. So after the Tower of Babel, and, and he and he. Uh, What's that called? Disperses, Disperses everyone. Mm-hmm. Then you get um, God calls Abraham, and he um, so God calls Abraham to redeem the world. Um, and with Abraham, it's, it's the next major phase of God. And um, this is uh, 
fresh start and uh, like a new creation, basically. And he would have uh, these are the three promises of Abraham. He would have descendants and become a great people. God would bless this people with a covenant, and then he would give them land to live in. So this is game changing. This is crucial. Paul calls it the gospel in Galatians. He says, "Consider Abraham. He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness." Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture first saw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So God, so Paul calls the gospel Abraham's promise, like all nations will be blessed through you. So that's when you get the final, it reflects back to the... Gotcha. Yeah, you know what I mean? So um, it's a little like foreshadowing. Basically. Correct, yeah, yeah. So, like, so those who have the, the faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Mm-hmm. So out of Abraham's descendants which are going to be first physical through Israel, and then they become spiritual uh, like us through faith. No, sorry. That is a little wild, like the fact that without Abraham's faith, I'm sure God would have used somebody else, but like without Abraham's faith, then there wouldn't be Israel. There wouldn't be Jesus. There wouldn't be like believers today. It it would all look different. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So then you get so then so so Genesis one to eleven is like you see the creation, God's mission, and you see human beings fail at it, and then after Genesis eleven you see the call of Abraham, and I mean even throughout just chapters one through eleven you get like Adam and then he falls and then you and then you see Noah and then you see the same exact things like with with, with Noah like when he comes out, uh, uh, and it's like a new creation again there, yeah. and then you know God makes a covenant there with the rainbow, yeah. um, and then he. Same thing with Abraham, and it makes a new covenant with cir- uh, circumcision. And so you get to the – and then the, the rest of – Genesis is basically – I'd rather a rainbow than circumcision. Yeah. No, I got the better yeah. deal. I saw a rainbow today. Yeah. yeah. What else? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't – yeah. Okay. Um, so, then, so then you get up – so Genesis 1 pretty much lands you. Like God's all active through it, and then you, it pretty much lands you in Exodus, and it's like this is how we got to where we are. So it's almost like if imagine Exodus was like the opening scene mm. of a movie, or, or Exodus was a movie, and then second come out to that is like Genesis, where it's like this is how we got here. Like yeah. it's like the it's all leading up to like how did we end up in four hundred years of slavery? Like what got us here? And you see that, and you see you know Joseph getting sent mm. to Egypt and all that. Mm. Um, so the mission of Israel um, was to fulfill God's mission by being the vehicle of His blessing to the nations. So. Uh, they were to be set apart. They were to be a priestly nation, um, and the priest's job was to stand in the in the middle between God and the people. So they knew what the priest's jobs jobs were. So they knew that what the priest was to them, they had to be to the nations. And I think what's different is that through Jesus, when he says like, "Go and make disciples of all nations, um, baptizing the Father, Son, and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit," that's the sign of a new era, because Israel was with a very few exceptions. Like Jonah, they were they weren't necessarily called to go out. It was it was not a going. It wasn't a doing. It was a being. Like mm. be different. Like and as people come to you, yes, then, yes, then you can like you know, bring them in. In the cultures mm-hmm. of like raping and pillaging and plundering, like be different and be set apart. Mm-hmm. And that those are all the Old Testament laws that make no sense to us anymore. And like we read those, we're like, what? This is crazy. Um, so it was more of a being than it was a going and doing. Um, mm. So then. Um, but what happens is, as you read throughout the Old Testament, is Israel gets divided into two kingdoms, and Israel gets conquered, and Judah gets conquered. So now the question becomes, like, how are they going to fulfill this mission not in Jerusalem? How are they going to, mm-hmm. with no land, 
they got their promises taken away, like with yeah, no land. So yeah, promised land. Right? Correct. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how are we going? How are they going to fulfill this mission? And then you get Isaiah, and he introduces God's servant, and mm-hmm. what Israel was supposed to do, God's servant is going to do, and that's where it now just starts to get narrower and narrower. So now you see like this because in the context of Isaiah, he's talking about uh, uh, Cyrus. And who's the, the mm-hmm. he's the one who brings them back uh, who says Assyria. they can go back and build mm-hmm. their land again but that's that's a short term there's a, this this guy this anointed servant which is where we get the anointing from but this anointed servant is supposed to do so much more than that so they see it shortly fulfilled in Cyrus but um they know it's not they know it's not everything so they know they're waiting for this 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 coming messiah um so uh God's servant in Isaiah uh, 42, 1 through 7 is marked by four things. And this is where it starts to make more sense. So it's like we're still with God's original mission, though. So um, he's marked by justice. He's marked by compassion. He's marked by enlightenment and liberation. Hmm. So um, if you read Isaiah 42, 1 through 7, I don't know if Cody want to pull that up. Isaiah 42, 1, like it, it mentions all those that. three things. So now they're now they know what the this anointed servant of God is going to look like and what he's what they should be expecting. Um which leads us up to Jesus' mission. Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, 1. All right. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. I will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. As uh, Bruce Reed, he will not break, and smoke flack he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fall. He will not fail, nor be discouraged, till he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands shall wait for his law. How far do you want? That's good. Yeah. So what happens is when so. All thought Isaiah, you start seeing this like this servant is going to be this anointed, this this, this Messiah. Mm. That's what Messiah means, the anointed one. Mm. And so it needs to be marked by what God. This all makes sense in the Holy Spirit in larger context because it's like the Holy Spirit's mission is the same as God's mission, which is the same as Jesus' mission because they're the Godhead. They don't have yeah. divided missions. It's all the same mission. So Jesus literally starts off his mission by quoting Isaiah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's a little synagogue in, in Nazareth, and he, like, rocks the world because he's saying, like, today this is being fulfilled. And he reads, uh, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty from ashes, the oil for joy from mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So in, in that, what Jesus starts off his ministry with is all those four, it talks about all four of those yeah. things. So, so what, what what scripture was that? This, the... That was Isaiah 61. Okay. Yeah. Um, one to three. I mean, when, when Jesus quoted that. When? When, when Jesus quoted that. Yeah, is, is so in what, Nazareth, what, what in event was that? Oh, uh, that was in. Is that John? I think it's. I, in, think, I think it's in three of them. I don't think that's not John. I, I think no, it's, it's not John's right? the one. It's not. I think it's all the synoptics. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I just didn't. Know. Yeah, I don't have it off the top of my head because we just recently read John. I was like, I don't remember that. Yeah, no, that's not in John. Um, yeah, it's on liberation, enlightenment, compassion, and justice. Yeah. So, I mean, so when you just look at Jesus' ministry, like he's, 
he's he's baptized by John, and you see the spirit just like back now we're back to creation. We see the spirit hovering over him in, in like a dove, and you hear you know God's audible voice again, like this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then he immediately goes out and starts reversing the curse, and now he starts healing and doing all these things that he said he was going to do. And, yeah, and a lot of them don't look. It doesn't cut you off, but yeah, like, yeah. But when he when he starts doing the justice and the compassion and the liberation, it doesn't really look like what I would have thought it would look like if I were then. You know, like the justice they oh, felt yeah. would be the you know the Roman government being overthrown, yeah. right? The right. justice they thought the compassion would probably not have been for the poor and the homeless. The compassion would have been for like just the Jews. You know. Yeah, yeah, you it, like a national enlightenment would right. just be like, you know, more understanding of the scripture they already of know. Torah, yeah, and the liberation would be from Rome. Right, exactly. And that's literally what they all thought. Yeah. So um, so when Jesus comes and he does all four of those things, it doesn't quite look like right. they thought it would. But well, at all. Right. So and that but that becomes that becomes the tension because what happens is which I forgot to mention is like what happens is they they get exiled, Israel to Syria and then Judah to Babylon. Mm-hmm. And then when they get lit back and they and they build and they get back to the land, even in that land, this is where Daniel's four and, and Emperors. This is where Dan- Daniel's prophecy comes in, where he's like, "They're, they're going to be the Persians are still going to press them in their own land. Mm-hmm. Greeks are going to press them in their own land. The yeah. Romans are going to press them in their own land." I missed one. The Medo Medo Persians, like too. But so like so now they're not exiled, but they're slaves in their own land. Mm. They feel exiled in their own land. They still don't feel like home. They still they still have a disconnect from God. So there's still a liberation that needs to. To happen within their own land, and that's what I think a good like a the chosen does great at like showing that like yeah, um, especially in that last episode. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at all the different people groups are sitting down to hear Jesus' sermon, and they're all arguing. Right, right, right. And remember the one episode where G, uh, Peter is in the boat, and that's, no, no, no. no okay, we're okay, going okay, back sorry, to like sorry, season okay, yeah. maybe season one, I think it is, and he's in the boat, and he's like he's yelling at God. He's like. You call us the chosen ones. He's like, first mm. we're in Egypt. Mm-hmm. He's like, then we get out of Egypt. And then he, and he pretty much goes through the Old Testament. And he's like, then we get exiled. And then you bring us back for what? To get oppressed by the Romans? And then, you know, it's like, so even in their own homeland, they were still slaves because they were mm. being oppressed, mm-hmm. and which is prophesied of. But um, so when Jesus comes, you're right. Like, you're exactly right. Like, they're thinking all these things, the compassion, the enlightenment, the liberation. They're not thinking that he's going to do like... They forgot just be the nice Gentile to homeless people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they thought, yeah, they, yeah, they thought he was going to defeat Rome, and yeah. and that's why a lot of them missed it. But a lot of the ones. But if you were somebody who needed compassion, if you were somebody who needed your eyes to be open, literally and spiritually, like you didn't miss it. Mm. Yeah, you know. Uh, so it, that's what we see a lot throughout the Gospels. So all that to say is that the mission of the church is the same mission Jesus had. Our mission should have those four qualities. Justice, compassion, enlightenment, and liberation. Mm. And when we're baptized into Jesus, we're baptized into his same baptism. So the spirit, we had the same, and we see that, I, I didn't want to get to, into Acts, but like, you see that throughout Acts, and that's the whole flow of Acts, where it's like, now you see his people doing exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Getting persecuted the same way he was getting, well, not crucified, but, you know, getting persecuted the same way. they And you, and you literally see that, like, like Paul, look, if you look at Paul's, like, Paul's trial. On Paul's trial, he like uh, he constantly gets proven innocent, but the Jews keep keep pushing it, and then eventually, just like Jesus, Rome executes him, mm-hmm. even though they thought he was innocent. And it's like you see, so you start seeing the same things unfolding, um, and that becomes the mission of our 
So so I so I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, but like when you when you hear people say like, oh, he's got such an anointing on him because like because uh, he's a good singer or something, whatever it is, you know yeah. what I mean? Like he's got such an anointing. It's like, what do you do you know what that means when you say it? Like <laughs> it's like the anointing was a very specific thing. Like Yeah, very yeah, specific. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially like the like the, the prophesied anointing. Like we're not only Usually Jesus just, could do what Jesus did, and we only Jesus should do what Jesus did. But we're called to live his, like follow us as we you know follow me as I follow Christ. And I mean, I think that that's the synonym is gifted when they're yeah, saying that. Yeah, it's like that person is really gifted. God's, right. God's yeah. using them. Yeah, God's using them. Yeah, just say that. Right. That's a great overview. And I think um, kind of leading up to all of this, what we wanted to do in this episode is not necessarily go through, because we are going to be reading Acts, you know, on, on on at least the first couple of chapters on this podcast. And we're going to be going through that. And, and what I'm excited to do in that, and this is a safe space, right, guys? Yeah. Okay. Um, to, uh, <laughs> and when Cole leaves. Um, so in that, now that we have a backdrop of what the Holy Spirit's role in the Old Testament we have the prophecies. We have the prediction of it. And what I want to do next, if that's all right with you guys, yeah, is like talk about Jesus's quick commands or like in predictions. John. Yeah, in yeah, John. Yeah. Um, but like once we have that scene set, and when we read Acts, it's like okay, so where's the dissension? I kind of analyze. I, I, I want to learn more about God. Obviously, I want that to happen. But I also want a better understanding of the church scene today. Like. We just talked about before yeah. we started, like, you know, there's denominations, there's practice, there's application, there's all these things, and uh, thousands of denominations. Bas- basically, I know there's there's loose things like Cole was saying, like, there's the leadership styles and all those things, but, um, like, I think the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and its role today and the signed gifts are, like, the most divisive thing that kind of initiate church breaks um, with from one church to another. Um like I, out of the three churches yeah. I just mentioned that are different in Hamilton, all three of them that is their only main thing. Um, so I know there are other churches that are, are different, but anyway, so that's I want to have a better understanding of the role of the Holy Spirit in the Old and New Testament and post Acts New Covenant, so that I can like understand okay, where did it go wrong? Like, what kind of unity and restoration can we have with brother, brother and sisters in Christ? Mm. You know. Um, I don't know if there can be. I don't know, if, you know, at this point, I don't, I don't know what that means. But all I know is, like, the, the, we had a, a pastor on this podcast who has a very um, different view on the Holy Spirit's application today. Mm-hmm. And we talked to him for three hours, and I was only blessed by what he had to say. And he was a huge encouragement to our, like, my ministry. Um, like, Pastor Dan McKinney, I can say his name, like, because yeah. mm-hmm. he would be open about it. Like, his, his church is, has a different doctrine in that area. But he's, like, doing things for the kingdom that I'm not, you know? Yeah. And so... Um, why can't we have, and that's kind of the heart behind my thing earlier about the church is it looking the same most of the time. It's like in a three hour conversation where we could have gone to those areas. It, it didn't need to. So why does it, you know, because right. I don't think in application, they really interfere that often to right. have to cause the divide. So my whole thing is if it's applied correctly without the same basis, I don't think it's as often colliding and causing friction as it should be. So, like, if I, I don't know. So I think, so, I, I think the big divide 
is okay. So just to take the two. Uh, let's just okay. Let's just take the two obvious ones. Um, whether the gifts ceased or if they didn't cease, like yeah. If I think, I mean, I could, if I had to guess, the divide is if you believe they didn't cease, then you see everybody who does think they ceased. You you see them and you feel bad for them. Like oh man, they're not they're not yeah. Like we would see somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus. Like they don't know what they're missing. Uh, they're not experiencing all that they can experience. They're missing a big part of scripture or the gospel, and and that's that. And if you're somebody who thinks they ceased, and then you look at somebody who's a continuationist, then you're like, they're misinterpreting so much, and they're letting emotions guide their whole entire life, because it did, it, you know, they would, it did cease. So what are they? What do they think they're doing? Yeah, they're of the devil if they're using the spirit. Yeah, uh, not, yeah. I mean, some I mean, some probably go that extreme, but yeah, I'm just saying, oh, at bare minimum, like their whole. Everything they're doing is emotion led, but here's so, the, so and I agree with you. And I think that's where people like kind of butt heads. Because like, I've honestly been on I, I've kind of been slightly on both of those sides yeah. and had those perspectives yeah. on the other group yeah. at some point in my life, and I agree, but it's always been in my head and never in visible application. Like I just found out with someone who I've served with for over twenty years, um, practices tongues and on in private. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And I've never known that. And it's never been an issue. Never talked about it. Never been, you know, of, of a thing. Cause for most of my life, I've been a cessationist, just being, just, yeah. just get thrown mm-hmm. it out there. Um, so, um, and I believe I am now, but I'm going to let the word decide that while we go through the study again, you yeah. know, I want it to be, but, um, you know, I, I think that in application, if you're doing that, if you're practicing that gift that you believe you have in private, with you know, unless it's with an interpreter in public, then it's not going to become an issue. And with that one, if it's practiced, and the and the application of that is is so clear when Paul says, it. if you're going to do it, it needs to be done in this fashion. Mm-hmm. That I think the application of it doesn't interfere with the opposite doctrine enough to cause adversity and discrepancies. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, know what you mean. So I anyway, I know there are differences, but I don't know why those differences cause such discrepancies. That's what I'm saying. That, that was my only point. I think it's like yeah. both sides feel bad for the other one, and both sides think that like I don't not not honestly blaspheming, but like you're strongly misinterpreting scriptures, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like if I feel bad for you, or I want to you know I I want you to I want to say I don't want to say set you straight because that sounds wrong, but like I mm-hmm. I want you to yeah. to know the correct way to see the, the lens mm-hmm. the, what lens to look through the Bible. Um. And I think that's it's, that's the sentiment that comes from both sides, like good heart on both sides. Like, as a brother and sister in Christ, I want you to be living the best way you can yeah. to follow Christ. Is we should be following Christ. Yeah. So I think that's the sentiment. Now it can get, you know, sides can get defensive because they strongly believe that way, or yeah. the other way. You can get offensive and, and talk about like, oh, you know, those people they practice this, or they or the other yeah. way, like they don't even believe in the Holy Spirit in that church because they don't practice tongues or whatever. You know, like yeah. it, it can go to extremes. But the foundational sentiment is like, I if they if they've done the study and come to that conclusion, they're like, I strongly believe in this, and like, they would have to strongly be able to convince me otherwise because I think it clearly says this, and yeah. like, and I think it's where it comes from. But I mean, the, the heart that, and I I think you guys fall in the same camp as me is, like, when I say I'm a cessation, I'm not. It's not like tap tap like putting the big Republican, you know, the, it doesn't define everything I read the Bible through. Yeah. But it's just just most recently, having done studying the Holy Spirit and the Bible and holistically looking at it, I'm like leaning in that direction more mm. than I and 
Um, like one of my biggest Bible influences in the past five years was a complete cessationist and I never bought his arguments, you know? Right. Like, yeah. so um, I don't know. It's it's ironic to say the spirit's like leading me in that direction. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, that's where I am. And I'll be honest about it. And it may change a few more times, but either way, it's you will you two will never know in application whether or not I'm changing that perspective. Well, unless you thought you just had the gift of healing. That's yeah. the only one I could think of. Yeah. Or prophecy in the sense of like you thought new scripture could new be. New scripture, or yeah. Or new, a, new, a new, you know. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry to decide. Well, that's kind of foreshadowing though what my heart is for the next couple episodes. Mm. Is to be like, okay, so let's let's try to understand not only God, but like God's moving movement today and how he's being applied and, and people are trying to understand him in this and why it's so divisive. I think... Because certain people will be very angry already from what I've what we've said in this episode at some point. Well, they can kick rocks, right? Is that <laughs> no, what you're gonna say? No, no. <laughs> okay. I don't like. Uh, I don't know. Go, go pray. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, like, yeah, no, yeah. I, I think a big answer to this to this whole entire thing that we're talking about is go pray. If you were to, <laughs> that's such a condescending way to phrase it too. It's worse than kick rocks. No, no, I'm serious. You I need to. Go- I didn't mean it because I'm like, I, seriously. I, I, like, I don't know. Like, bless go your, get your heart. heart. Yeah, no, good, good. Like. But all of it, like, get your heart right, so that 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 shouldn't anger you. Like, yeah, either you know way. What I mean, like, um, I think a big, a big way to like figure out. Okay, basically, what what I want to say here. I think a big, I, I think a way to figure out how people get to where they are is like, let's say you had. Three people down here with three different beliefs on the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. And you're the fourth one down here, and you just ask them open-ended question. Each one answering them individually. If you were to just ask the open-ended question of what do you think is happening in Acts one and Acts two, how they answer that question is going to determine what camp they end up in. Can you say that again? I don't even know how I said it the first time. Oh, so, okay. so if you had three what's different going people, on in Acts so, one and Acts two? Yeah, if you ask three different people with three different beliefs on the Holy Spirit, I mean, I don't know what just three. I was are, but say just it. like whatever, <laughs> you know. Like, okay, two, like two people, like, and you and you ask them like survey a hundred people. Yeah, <laughs> survey a hundred people, and they all came out with different answers, right? <laughs> if you were to all ask them like, what do you think is happening in Acts one and Acts two? How they answer that question to me is going to be a big determining factor of what camp they end up in. Is that because it's an indicator of their their understanding of the whole Bible? It's be, what I was getting at is because I think if people aren't looking at Acts one and Acts two with a certain projector sheet, of a certain previous projector sheet, then you're going to have a hundred different final answer projection sheets. Okay, because you're missing a couple sheets. And if, if you take all these other sheets and throw them out and just start with. This back to the roads thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. Then you have, have all these. Then you have all these roads, and that's why you can have. That's why you can have a hundred different answers because you're missing a few couple projection sheets. And to bring everything full circle, I think the 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 those projection sheets that I think that we have a lot of me uh, up until reason. Uh, I don't want to say. I don't also want to say I have all the answers because I don't. I'm I'm sure I'm missing twenty four more. You said a couple more sheets than I used to. Yeah. Then yeah. Exactly. And um, it's really like it, I was like whoa, but it's it's again it's it's the Jewishness of the Gospels, which is like we're just looking at it from a way they wouldn't have looked at it, mm. and we're 
you can you, there's people who there's people who may have read all of Acts and literally have never read Jeremiah, Isaiah, uh, Ezekiel, uh, uh, Exodus. Just yeah, yeah, any any of it. Like, mm-hmm. and then come to some conclusion. It's like okay, well you you missed all the sheets, and then <laughs> it's like now you just came to this answer. It's like because you read like you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that's why we see all these divisions. Is like I don't think everyone has all the sheets, and they're yeah. working with what they got, and and then. And I think a lot of times, which is why what we're trying to do with the young adult study is like kind of create our own sheets, if that makes sense. Like, no, not create our own sheets because we're using an analogy to, but like actually use, don't take somebody else's sheet and apply it. Right. Like read the Bible. See if that sheet's there. See if the sheet's there. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's going to be theologians who spent their whole lives studying things Mm -hmm. that I'm going to have to take them at their word as long as it aligns with the Bible. You know? That's what it, like, Um, look at the sheet. That's one of the sheets. So, so uh, you have your first sheet. It's, this is we're, like, t- we're taking this analogy so deep. I know, but but okay. I, it hasn't broken I down. Think yeah, still, I think we're still, still yeah, no, So you have good. the first sheet, and let's just say you have the next sheet that you want to add on. You look at some guy in his commentary or his study or whatever. Like, if you put it on, and it like you think it really lines up, then maybe it's a good sheet. Mm. And then if you can add another one, and it still lines up, and it all keeps up, like that's you gotta, you know what I mean? Like, in gotta, this analogy, is the Holy Spirit the light that's shining through the yeah. sheets? Yeah, it's the projector that rolls in. That's right. Yeah. All right. All right. I was going to so say the, Jesus being the light of the world, but you know. It's... Yes. Well, the Holy Spirit illuminates the sheets. Okay. Also true. All right. So God is the teacher that rolls it in. <laughs> God. The Holy Spirit. And then what, is we, the see on the sc- and what we see on the screen the is the sun. Is, yeah, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're we all the, the disobedient yeah. kids in the class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to do the Chronicles of Narnia, we just put it in much more understandable. <laughs> Oh man! What church so, did you go to? I go to the Church of the Projector. Yeah, <laughs> projector. The overhead projector. Projection. I know that has a name. I just can't think of it. I don't know. I Google slide projector and it came up, but maybe there's a fancier one. Oh. So, so the the statements. I, one way that we went through this past Tuesday, uh, the understanding what the role of the Holy Spirit was going to be when it came, was looking at how Jesus described what the Spirit's role would be. So we have the Old Testament from last week, all of the prophecies about what it would be. Um, what he did in um, most circumstances. And then we have Jesus promising when he leaves, the Holy Spirit's going to come. What I love about this and the the phrasing that's used in almost all these scriptures is like, I'm going to leave you, but I'm not going to leave you like an orphan child. I will provide the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful um, from a start saying, I mean, first the the Gentiles were kind of orphaned children for throughout the, the whole Bible so far. And now he's referring to them as like, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not withdrawing my presence and not giving you the comfort of another. I'm going to provide you the Holy Spirit who'll come forth from the Father. Um, and, you know, we submit to the will of the Father. So you will actually be in a better spot without me because you'll be empowered by him permanently, universally in the future. Um, it's just a couple of these scriptures. And they're all found in John 14, 15, and 16. And by the way, I was like... It, just talking about John and how we keep coming back to John because um, we read it and we got this, we got a, a, a pay a sheet, right? We got like the yeah. Old Testament. This is how it goes through. Now our sheet we're looking for is old uh, the the Holy Spirit and what mm-hmm. Jesus is saying about it. So it's just so cool. It's like, all right, here's John. Yeah. And then we just, since we've started talking about John, we've added like five sheets from other studies yeah. about John, yeah. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in John um, 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. This is NIV, um, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. You will, I will not leave you as orphans. I will, um, I will come to you. Um, 
So, and just in here alone, and what I want to focus on is just like the main attribute. So we have like spirit of truth. He's an advocate. He's a comforter. Um, the world, you have to know him and he will be in you and he will not leave you. So we get a rich doctrine in those mm-hmm. couple of verses, permanence, comfort, advocate, truth, and just like some small things. Like I, I not a small thing, but I, this, the fact that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, I, I, the strongest way I know that the Holy Spirit's indwelling me, and this is my personal reflection, is when I'm reading the Bible or I'm talking to someone, the Spirit convicts truth when I read it and when I understand it. Like if I hear a pastor saying something and I know it's wrong, mm-hmm. I believe that's the Holy Spirit like tinging and like bringing the word that I've known to life. Um, or and, like calling to remembrance. Hey, like, I don't know if what you're saying and like pulling up a scripture and then I'm like, yeah. oh, let me check that. When like, I read that when I was half asleep three mm-hmm. months ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and the, the Holy Spirit will get, grant you. And I know he illuminates the application of it. So we have the power to carry out tasks. Um, but there's something in me that, cause I'm like, I would put myself in like middle IQ, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, when there's things that the Holy Spirit's like convicting me about and on a scriptural level that I would not have the IQ to process otherwise. And even like when I'm like mm. generally teaching, um, I have had a couple moments, uh, quite, a, and I don't want to take away from that, but there's moments when I've taught in the flesh and, and, mm-hmm. and had just knowledge, right. And just kind of conveyed it. And then there's moments where I don't, I, I didn't plan to say a certain thing and it was blessed. And I kind of, you can just, you just know, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, just like speaking in the spirit, letting him lead, um, and I think most of that process for teaching, and I think all of you guys do this because, you know, with your prep that you do for the podcast and like um, when you taught at 20 something, like a lot of the Holy Spirit leading and when you talk about teaching doesn't happen while you're doing it. A lot of it happens before you teach. Mm-hmm. It happens in the study. Yeah. So yeah. like, I don't know. Don't. But I also agree with the uh, in the moment kind of stuff. There's so mm-hmm. many times where I'm like, I didn't mean to say that or I didn't think that's what I wanted to say or this isn't a connection I had before the words were like coming out of my mouth. And it, yeah connected and it made sense and i was like oh that wasn't for me yeah, that, thanks. thank you god yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i even just like the idea of truth though that the holy spirit will convict of truth mm-hmm. and sometimes that truth i know but he pulls it out you know and um, he's also not going to call to remembrance something you didn't read yes yeah so, so you gotta be in the word to keep reading yeah and then uh, uh, same chapter, verse 28 says, I'm, uh, you heard me say I'm going, and by the way, these are Jesus's words. Um, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens that when that day comes, you will believe. Maybe that one doesn't have it. Okay, sorry, right before that, 25. All that I've spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sent in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So that's what you're talking about, the reminding. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. brand brand new, right? It's not going to bring up something you haven't read. And then um, just to wrap up a couple of the verses, uh, chapter 15, verses 26. Um, when the advocate comes, for I will send you to the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. He will testify for you have been with me from the beginning. Um, so each of these things, again, and this is what's been kind of shaping my heart to understand why there's so much discrepancy, is like Jesus' prediction of the Holy Spirit coming does not at all seem contestable. You know, it's comforter, advocate, testify, teach, illuminate, pull, you know. Um, 
it's when you see the application of an X that you start to get dicey. Exactly. So, yeah. see, yeah. but I'm just saying, if we didn't either, have X, it'd be really straightforward. Yeah. And I, do you think that there's a, yeah, this is a dumb question. I know the answer to this, but I'm saying, do you think that there's a, it's our fault that it's not clear? Like, I think the clarity that Jesus provides is what the is, same clarity that we could have about the Holy Spirit. It would say that, wait, say that again. If we had all the sheets. Well, that's the problem. I know. But if we had all the sheets, the, God's character is consistent and though his word is clear. Yeah. But what sheets do you think we're missing that the clarity that Jesus provides is not seen in Acts 2 when we get there? Not, no, oh God. Does that oh, make sense? Yeah, I know the question. So big maybe answer, we can but, talk about that next week, but I, did, yeah, that's, that's again, what when I'm When you get hoping. into Acts 1 and 2, that's, that's, yeah. I just think that, and I know that Jesus is clear and his clarity would be the same clarity of his Godhead partner. You know what I mean? The Holy Spirit. Right. So the Holy Spirit didn't come to bring less clarity. So like, what are we missing uh, that uh, we can't But even in this, it? even in this, there's people divided even in 14, 15, 16 of what you just said. Yeah. Is he talking to just the disciples, mm-hmm. or is that everybody? Because mm. he, because then later he breathes on them. Yeah, he he didn't breathe on me. Did he mean so? Does everything he's saying here apply to everybody, or does it apply to just the disciples? Gotcha. So that's an immediate like. Now we got to figure out clarity, like yeah. you know, and it's like yeah. Um, but either way, even if that's the case, the spirit that we have now would have those things. Correct. Yeah. 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 So I understand that, like that yeah, discrepancy yeah. at that point, because then it would have to had come twice. Right. You know? Right. Right. Um. But, like but I think like, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know if it's in John. It might be, I, I forget. I think it's in John. But when he tells them, like, when he tells the disciples, go out and don't plan anything. The Spirit will give you words to say. When you, when you go up and you, and you go before uh, kings and kings, and you go before, yeah, and you go before the law, the lawyers, or, you know, whatever. Like, don't, don't plan anything. Like, the Spirit will give you words to say. Is he talking, should we just go up to the pulpit now with no preparation? And the Spirit's going to. Yeah. Or was he talking to the disciples who he sent out, and they're going to be beaten and tortured and sent before, and then because you, you know you see Peter and you see Paul mm-hmm. like sent before kings, and and they were given words to say, or like so who was he talking to? Mm-hmm. Like should we just now no prep now? Because Jesus said, "Don't prep." The Holy Spirit's going to give you. Then he also says he'll bring things to remembrance, so that involves prep, right? Well, right, right, right. But is that application or is that words to say? Mm-hmm. So um, it. it yeah, I don't know where I'm going. I, like, I think, like, it, again, in Acts 2, the indicator is that it's the new covenant at that moment. So I don't believe, I believe when he breathed it into them, it was still the temporary and specific yeah. Old Testament Holy Spirit role. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, once I understood that, everything else kind of fits. I don't know why that's, that's such a big argument. I'm just saying that's that's where people would. That's where they would if they wanted where to they find would a reason. D- like, divide or not have clarity. Yeah. You're looking up at that verse? Yeah. Which, what is it? Is it John? It's hard to find it. Are you in the Tanakh? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think in, I think in twenty twenty three. I think it depends when you ask somebody. In twenty twenty three, we sh- each individual, and you make them to different conclusions because you might like you you might feel that different sheets are more aligned than other ones. But I think in twenty twenty three. You should ha- every Christian should be able to gather a plethora of sheets and build a case and know yeah. what's going on. I agree. If you ask a different era, fifteen hundreds, like yeah, you know, if you're only getting told by your pastor or priest because you can't read or it's just, it's a different thing. Like, mm. um, but what I think the general evolution of this 
is because these things start to get recorded and the people now reading these things, when Luke records Acts, which is his sequel to, to, to Luke, mm-hmm. when he records Acts, like as time goes by, there's <laughs> less and less people gospel fluent in the in the Tanakh and in the in the Old Testament than that can teach these things and what they what's happening. So you get less and less people. I mean, so you get more and more people with less and less sheets. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And and then now you got new theologies coming out because now these people don't have sheets and they don't have like. Yeah, it seems like the main denomination differences are just missing sheets. Like that's what it know, is. or or, like or they really landed witness. on a different one. Like they just think a different one. But I, yeah. Just I mean, just for example, like I'm thinking about Jehovah's Witness. Like there's, oh, gee, well, that's a, yeah. I know, but yeah. like the, the, there's their denomination or their religion is missing all the prophecies of the coming Messiah, you know, because he's not, he's not fully God. Right. Well, they also believe that prophecy is not dead because you can they got another, a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Charles stays Russell. But I'm saying the sheets that they're missing would be Jewish prophecy because if you're looking at all of Isaiah, the description fits the suffering servant who is the son of God, you know, the suffering servant. It was God. And they don't believe that Jesus was the son of God or he is full of deity. Correct, yeah. So I'm just saying, uh, it comes down to that. So uh, last one, though, uh, John 16, 12, I have much more to say to you, but when the spirit, uh, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, which is an important part. He will speak only to what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because it is me from whom he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine. So when Jesus is saying this, he's, Jesus submits to the will of the Father. We see this in the Garden of the Gethsemane. Um, and you see the Holy Spirit here submitting to the will, well, will submit to the will of the Father. And nothing he says will be um, not in complete subjugation and submission to the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. So that is important, though, for just building systematic theology. It's like, okay, so um, God is one, but his different personalities or personhoods are different persons of the, Holy, of the, the Trinity. Um, they never contradict because there is an order of authority and submission. And I think the phrasing that a lot of theologians use for the Holy Spirit is that um, Jesus is the Son of God, the Spirit proceeds from the Father. So I see that copied a lot between Wearsby and Ryrie is that the Spirit proceeds from the Father, not from Jesus. It's not like, um, so the Father, anyway, it's interesting when I'm trying to like, if you look at the roles, the father's father, the father, you know, he's the dude and like he has the ultimate say, but he also is himself in Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So it's the part I'll, I'll never understand. But regardless, we get a pretty clear picture and a very encouraging picture. Like if, if I know I'd be confused about what this would mean, but if I were walking with Jesus as the disciples um, and then seeing the amazing power of Jesus and then for Jesus to then turn around and say, listen, when I leave, you're actually going to get something better and it's going to empower you and it's going to be comforting and full of truth and um, he will bear and glorify God. That sounds like a sweet deal. You know, it doesn't sound like something that would then cause people to hate each other, you know? Yeah. Um, especially when you get past Acts and you see the the, the, the letters that Paul writes where the, the Holy Spirit is supposed to seal and um, graft people into the family of God and, and, the, and the church. It sounds like a unifying spirit. Um, and so I'm looking forward to it. 
like learning about yeah disunity slash unity and why why it's occurring now and the origins of you know that so in that book that I was listening to a while ago that I never finished because I just wanted the uh, the early church history. It was it was when the parts the chapters that I did listen to were a lot about what Cole was mentioned earlier about like how these different denominations started and denominations talking about Catholicism when that mm-hmm. um and I have to go back and listen to that to understand like this I don't always I don't remember the Holy Spirit being like a main factor for a lot of those splits um seems like a more modern split. <laughs> No, not from the ones I, he hasn't gone through. So it's like the the new one that I haven't sent you yet, Joe. It's a, it's like a seven part series, and he's only gone through the first like four, and has just gotten like to uh, the the Protestants. So it's like it hasn't even broken from there. So that's like the has been the biggest break, mm-hmm. well, other than yeah, Catholic, those, yeah. Catholicism. But like that's the second like huge break. So I haven't really gotten that far. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, if, if you Google like on YouTube or look up like Holy Spirit. Today, you're going to see a lot of titles like the forgotten part of the Trinity or um, God's like cousin. You know what I mean? Francis like, Chan's book. The Forgotten God. Forgotten God, yeah. Yeah. And we want to make sure that's not the case, mm-hmm. you know, in our hearts. Yeah. Um, I think, sorry. Okay. I think the Holy Spirit today, um, it's the depth of the knowledge of the theology of the Holy Spirit is clearly demonstrated in worship music that doesn't truly show an understanding of the Holy Spirit. So like there are songs that come out, like worship music, popular worship music from Elevation, Bethel, you know, Jesus Culture, like all these bands that are in, on the main scene, Maverick, that sing deep theology about God and, and, and Jesus and the blood and the atoning blood and everything. And then looking at their how they've referenced the holy spirit it's usually attached to the words like atmosphere um and and things that i don't necessarily mean are like the the deepest part of the holy spirit's role and everything you know yeah. um so just looking at the the landscape of 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 how churches write worship music the spirit's teaching is lacking and like i in in colossians is like the worship is supposed to teach and admonish um, in all things, according to the word of God. So if we're supposed to be teaching and admonishing through our psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, I think we're failing at teaching about the Holy Spirit in our psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Right. But I think that's just, yeah. Bec- that, would, that would mean worship teams and leaders. That, But that, it just comes from top down. Like, mm-hmm. that would mean pastors have to know why they believe what they believe and, mm-hmm. and we're just congregations to know why they believe like because I, there's I, I would say there's a lot of people that land that that land and are defensive and maybe offensive I don't know but defensive about why they like are on the on the side that they're on but probably couldn't even defend it oh yeah you can be defensive about it but you can't defend it and that's a very big difference one's and, a posture and one's a knowledge yeah. yeah exactly exactly and like like I think that says a lot. So, I mean, just in general, like when the fact that these songs can, the fact that these songs can be made that you're saying aren't good theology on the Holy Spirit and nobody bringing it up to these teams just goes to show that the, like a yeah. congregation doesn't have good theology on the, like. And I'm not even saying that it's not good. It's just not as deep as right. the theology you yeah. see in the songs about Jesus. And, and like I, I was talking about this with Allison the other night at dinner and, and one of the, like the points she made was like, 
Well, we do sing about God being the God of comfort. We just don't say Holy Spirit, but like that's a that's the Holy Spirit's role. Mm. I was like that's right. That that is right. Like we do have a lot of attributes we sing about God in our mm-hmm. in worship that are attributes of the Holy Spirit. We just aren't singling him out as that. And we do the same thing for God for like our God, you are our savior. Like we know we're talking about Jesus yeah. there. Mm. You know, and you, you know, God, you've given us um, your atoning blood. It's mm-hmm. like we're so because God is an overarching yeah. uh, term. So I I it's not all bad. It's just my opinion is that it looks like we're not we we'll go into like the depth of like the blood is still the blood, you know, and and we'll have these like deep but songs. I think it's because the Holy Spirit has the most. I think I think Christians are subconsciously afraid to make Holy Spirit claims, like in a, whether it's a song, you know, or whether it's a pray. In my prayer, I'm going to pray to the Holy Spirit for this thing because it's within his role or like I think they're scared to do those things because they can't necessarily defend defend whatever they're on like there's a there's a or or they don't or they know the least about it or they know it's the most divisive like unless you're Mormon Jehovah Witness a completely different religion mm. no one's going to disagree that Jesus is the son of God or uh, Jesus is God and he's the deity mm. everyone knows the attributes of the father so that's a safe zone it's like the Holy Spirit is where it gets dicey. So I think people just subconsciously like, I just stay away from it. Like I don't want to offend somebody. I don't want to accidentally say the wrong thing. I don't want to. I agree to the. I I, I agree you know to I mean? the extent and, and yeah, I agree. Um, I just looking at the statements of Jesus. There's enough in here to write a worship song about that's not controversial between any of those sides of ideology. Oh right, yeah. Like comfort, truth, like I, all these things. Yeah, I just yeah. Not and, and I think a big thing is like a lot of worship songs like use narrative, like the narratives of. The Gospels, mm. like if you think of like Maverick City, like uh, the blood is to the blood, or like Egypt, talking about the Exodus. Like they're using narratives where it's like there's not that many narratives, with, including the Holy Spirit. That that's the, you know that's yeah. identified immediately with the Holy Spirit. What well, actually a lot, not of them are a lot of them aren't good. <laughs> like mm. the Holy Spirit's burning people with fire because they lied about their tithes, or you know, yeah. I like it. <laughs> worship song like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think it's like because worship songs try to sometimes include narrative in it or like a, make a connection between the – like it might be a little bit harder. Yeah, well, one um, – because I was listening to that clip you sent me the other day um, about the – I forget his name, but the guy who was speaking right before I got the stomach bug. The, the guy who spoke about Acts. Oh, uh, Don Preston. Don Preston, yeah. yeah. And he w- made a case for a certain theology point on Ezekiel with the, the dry bones. Yeah, valley dry and, bones. And it's, I just was looked up the song right now. Like that, that song is about the animating spirit of God, yeah. right? Breathing upon them. That, that's and, a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And um, the spirit of God, the word spirit's used once in that song. And like it says, oh, breathe, oh, breath of God. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be a reference. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. just because they're not saying spirit of God. It doesn't mean it's not talked about. So when Allison said that I was replaying the songs I thought were kind of weak. Right. And I was like, well, they're saying, oh, breathe the breath of God. God is the Holy Spirit. You know, Spirit breath of God. Is so, and breath is Ruach. Yeah, yeah. So all of that make, makes me feel well, a little bit better about What song are you referencing? Uh, Lauren, Lauren Daigle's. Oh, okay. Bones come alive. What, um, what's the other we one? We did that one time. Yeah. What's the uh, There's another elevation one? one another one? Dry Bones. Oh, Dry Bones. Dry Bones, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. What are their lyrics? Uh, dry Bones Elevation. Mm-hmm. They connected to like the resurrection. Wait, is are you, isn't that rattle? Oh, rattle. Sorry, rattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. rattle. As soon as you said that, I was yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, that's I've the heard... name of the song. No rattle. Um, I'm just looking for spirit, right? Basically, yeah. word spirit's not used. Okay, so, so, so Sat- <laughs> Saturday was silent. Sure, it was through. But since it, uh, since when has impossible ever stopped you? Capital U. Okay. So 
Thursday. Friday's disappointment and Sunday's empty tomb. Hey, it's be a good thing uh, yeah. to do on Easter Good Friday. Yeah. Um, is, uh, since when has impossible ever stopped you? The sound of dry bones rattling. This is praise that makes dead men walk again. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm going to live. Going to live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Said, yeah. oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Pentecostal fire stirring something anew. You're not going to run out of miracles anytime soon. Yeah, resurrection power runs in my veins too. And I believe that there's another miracle here in this room. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah again, so, the, Pentecostal the, the, the fire, is a, that's, a, that's a claim that's they're a making. a big claim, yeah. Yeah. That only some people would just theological. Some churches with certain theologies would. would Sorry, I keep, I keep reading further and seeing more, but like, um, my God is able to save and deliver and heal. That's the bridge. Yeah, and restore the anything he wants to. Just ask the man who was thrown on the bones of Elisha. Yeah. That's what, we're, that's what you made you think of this. Um, yeah, not to sidetrack on worship, but I, one of my favorite all-time songs is like, I am who you say I am. Mm, yep. Like, legitimately, if I ever want to like get pumped up, the Hill Song song, like, dude, it's just, yeah. I don't, it's, the way it's written and everything, the music and everything is beautiful. But, like, I don't, I don't think if I were a worship leader, I would choose that song because it's so ingrained in me. Like, the yes. whole thing, that's a personal Do you think there's something inherently me. wrong with that, though? No, I'm obviously, not, you in, what, not you, inherently doing, wrong. If no. you're doing a five song set, not all five songs, but I mean, like, just because there's psalms like that. No, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong. Okay. I just, I, yeah, I'm just I was like, Trying to find a rationale for like doing it, and just yeah. us trying to focus so much on like praying and mm-hmm. praising God for who He is, it feels weird to have a song where you're not mentioning God's characteristics at all. You're indirectly referencing God's saving characteristic by referencing yourself being saved. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So there's no point where it's you. It's always like I am who you say I am. When you're the object of the song, that feels a little strange. But but, but what? It, not if it's going by Colossians and like teaching and admonishing through songs and I mean you're teaching. That's a that's but a even, huge but like theological would, point. To, to, I would hard. Uh, I'd have to look read, but like even like reading identity the Psalms, is a big problem though. Even in the Psalms though, like I, I, there's at some point like God save me. You are able to save God. Oh yeah, 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 my yeah, enemies. yeah, yeah. There's still yeah, an yeah. attribute of praise. Yeah. In, you know, and I guess you but are just, you are just, chosen. Yeah, not so forsaken. yeah, if there's a song that legitimately mm-hmm. does not praise God, and it's more you, but it does talk about it. Like, but that's rare to find. Like the, the most of them are. A lot, very eye centered, but they also do praise God. Like and it's just silly phrasing for me. It's just my again, yeah, my yeah. conviction. Just, yeah. uh, my favorite song, probably to mm-hmm. listen to, mm-hmm. in my in, you know alone. But like, um, I instead of saying I am chosen, not forsaken, I am who say I am. It's like you chose me. Mm. Like I have, like you gave me value. You know, right. like that yeah. whole idea of like you initiated. It just I don't know. And maybe that's why I like to listen to it because it does like make it's like my identity is in you, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I do like that song a lot. I just don't know if I would right away jump into that as a main worship song. Because um, I do know there are certain churches that take the stance of like worship songs that they at all have a, like a reflexive pronoun or a uh, first person. They won't they won't pr- do it because like oh, when you're around the throne in Revelation, like you are you are everybody's you know tongue will confess that you are God and and they're not reflecting on themselves. I'm like yes. But the man after God's own heart, David and Psalms, is in the same relationship with God that I am, and right. I and we're not in that dispensation of Jesus ruling, you know, um, on earth as a, an earthly king, and we're not in heaven yet. So, like, I haven't lost myself yet, like I will in heaven, you know, in terms of my will 
Like, I, well, when we're in heaven, we don't have to reflect on ourselves because we have the glorified bodies, and you know, whatever it be. So, but here, we're still struggling. We're still being sanctified, and still, like in that process, God recognizes. Mm-hmm. So, I understand their perspective. I just disagree. Yeah, I just yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I just don't. Do you agree, or do you just think the other perspective is silly? I think that's just cherry picking. Yeah. Because Me? You, or no, 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 no. Like, yeah. Because you look at every other thing that we do. Uh, it's just like, if you're going to take that stance, like, one, it implies that worship is just what you're singing and not a, life, a lifestyle that you live. And it's like, if you're going to take that stance, well, that's what they're doing in heaven. It's like, well, you got to, then you got to open up a whole different door. It's like, all right, well, in Acts, they're also selling all the possessions and living to the poor, but, you know, I'm sure you live in a home, right? Like, I'm sure, yeah. like, you, like, it's like, where do you draw the line of, like, I don't know. Yeah. And I agree that it's the most pure form of worship possible because that's what we will eventually be doing, but it's a different relationship we have with God at that point because we're not wrestling with flesh anymore like we are here. And I think part of our worship here is acknowledging our flesh and submitting it to God. We're not, there's no active submission of, of will right. in heaven anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? So anyway, that's where I don't – like the word dispensation is – I know we're not dispensationalists, but like the idea of a dispensation where in that particular time in heaven is very different from where we are now. You know, sanctification has occurred. Right. You know. When you're in paradise. When you're in paradise. Yeah. Or when you're cool. He's not denying it. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> All right. So we have one more uh, scripture at the bottom here. Do you want to hit that one out? I think that was... What is it? Uh, precursor. Um, Jeremiah 31, 31 for the Holy Testament uh, indwelling, like a prophesying. Indwelling. Oh, yeah. I, we don't, yeah. We read that last time. It's just okay. talking about the new covenant and Ezekiel okay. talking about the, and Joel talking about the spirit of the Lord being poured out. Yeah. Sons and daughters will prophesy. And... <coughs> um, so okay. Yeah. So then the next couple of weeks, I, I we have a, one guest on our hearts to bring on that I haven't brought up to them, so it's just my heart. Um, okay. And then uh, uh, we do plan on going through Acts, uh, the beginning of Acts. Um, so read ahead. Um, I'm not going to say much more good stuff because that's patented by Pastor Vince Lombardo, Calvary Chapel Hamilton. Um, but um, do read Acts so that we can <laughs> also say that. Um, and... Uh, Try your best to read it with as many sheets as possible that you have learned from the Bible, not that you've just been handed by your commentary. Um, so I can open, I have basically three Bibles um, that I look at. One's like more cultural. Um, one is uh, the th- basically the denomination I grew up in when I was younger. Um, and then the other one, isn't even a commentary. It just you write. Oh, the New Reformation Bible, which is this one. Um, so each of them has their own flavor to like each of these things, and like they all provide sheets. Is know? that the one that doesn't have any breaks in it? No, I stopped using that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was no place to write in it, mm. and that's the whole that's point. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. So I stopped using that one. So if you want it, it's available for five ninety nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah library. Yeah. Um, so we'll be praying for you guys, and um, we're blessed to continue this ministry so anything you guys want to say no man i'm excited for x yeah me too one thing i was thinking we should do as a segment is at the end like one of us softly plays guitar and the other person has to close out with like like a little passionate sermonette oh boy you know what i mean 
I don't know. What, I don't. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> I, like it's when I, I was gonna say. I don't know what's worse. I was gonna walk over and do it. We'll do it. We'll do it in the future. But just thinking, like, all right, close this out. Are you saying? Yeah. Are you saying it rotates? But like, literally, could be thirty seconds. Yeah, it rotates. Okay. So I don't. He's gonna play Egypt. Yeah. I was gonna say. I don't know what's more terrifying: me playing the guitar or me doing a little sermon. Bring your pets. Oh, there you go. I'll just play them on the computer. Or just you know. Oh yeah. The right chords initiate the Holy Spirit. Right? Yes. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly. We, all minors. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. All minors. Uh, we heard <laughs> the song that please the Lord. In the, in the key of G. And, yeah. And the Spirit comes down. Because God. Yeah. All right. You've been encountered. Thank you so much for tuning into the Encounter Podcast and being part of the Encounter community. We treat this podcast as a ministry. We pray for it. We pray for our listeners, and we pray that the guests and the information and the gospel that we share on this channel and this media platform are always and only glorifying to Christ and Christ alone. And while we do that, guys, our podcast sometimes spans one to three hours. So if you hear anything that you disagree with while we are speaking, which is highly likely, be Berean Christians, you have a few options. The first one would be to take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. The second one would be to know that your and our authority should be and always be the scripture. So before you take anything at our word, please open the pages of your Bible, read them and find out what absolute truth looks like. Find it. And then the next step would be to reach out to us. And we would love to learn from our listeners um, as you are listening through a one-way communication to about our podcast. So please reach out to us with questions, concerns. We want to be held accountable. We want to have conversations. We want to see actual growth. But first, take a deep breath. Second, open your Bible. And three, give us a shout out. Have a blessed week.